Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. everyone welcome to another installment of final boy status your favorite horror movie podcast we're super psyched to be here uh i am adam i am today's host i have with me lanson lappin to my right hello and luke howarder yeah on a completely different camera <laughs> Adam has no idea where I am. He's looking at a space, hoping that I'm going to edit it in later. <laughs> he could be anywhere. He could be in this room. There's I'm the a... international man of mystery. Oh, oh, all there is is a stick with a green ball at the top, <laughs> just yeah. in the air. Don't ask how the ball got green. I have to react to that. <laughs> so, Classic acting. We're super stoked to do this episode. If you're new to the show, here's how it goes. We take a horror movie that we want to watch that we like and we watch it and this podcast is about surviving the horror movie similar to the way uh you probably do with your friends if you're uh watching a movie and you're screaming at the screen for the main person not to make the stupid mistake or not to separate from their group or not to to you know to to double tap the guy to, to kill him right. kick him while he's down all those things that frustrate people with we horror talk movies about double tapping so much it's, all the time. it's a common problem like if someone just For like real, dude. take a you know they're so sure they're so sure they've done a good job they're like they, they fell not... over they're done nope. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he fell down the stairs that's probably enough he's, he's probably okay I mean, falling down the stairs did the Home Alone guys in, right? Yeah. They, they were done after they, that. They, they were famously done. died. Yeah, yeah the, sequel, <laughs> the sequels were just generations after, <laughs> seeking revenge. Against I'm, I'm just imagining an alternate cut of Home Alone where one of them falls down the stairs, cracks his head on the bottom step, full dies. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin McAllister goes to prison for manslaughter. We're no longer the wet bandits. <laughs> We can't find our son. Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! Kevin, what'd you do? <laughs> <clears throat> so that's what the podcast is. So we that our our movie this week is to commemorate. Not commemorate, what's the word? To celebrate. <laughs> to celebrate, to hype up, to to for yeah, to celebrate the second movie coming into theaters on Friday, uh, which is when this podcast is dropping. So today. Uh, the uh quiet place. Uh, quiet place. I was a thinking it was place. the quiet place, but is this is one out of many <laughs> quiet places. <laughs> this is this is the most special of episodes, uh, because I mean this is like out of order. We we've, yeah. we've already started taping season two of the show. Spoiler alert: season two is coming. 
Do we want to say when? Or let's say that for the plugs at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stick to the end to see when when we're going to start dropping more episodes. Uh, But, like, we are so genuinely excited for A Quiet Place 2 that we, like... Like, we've already recorded our episode for this week. Like, we're, we're jumping in. This is an extra in. episode. We found time to do it at one in the morning, <laughs> taping this episode, because we're just excited to talk about it. So this is out of sequence. We've already taped, like, three, four episodes mm-hmm. for season two, and we're out of sequence recording this, and we're going to edit it and release it in, like, the next 24 hours. So you guys are getting this as fresh as it gets. It's going to be crazy. Fresh to death. And then we'll hit that second movie fresh out of theaters, and it's just going to be so good. Get yourselves a nice little two-parter. Nice little two-parter the next couple of weeks while you're waiting waiting for that sweet season two content. You guys are waiting so patiently. So. (laughs) So anyway. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway. uh, The Quiet Place. uh, (laughs) A Quiet Place. I'm going to make a mistake. A Quiet Place. Um. Luke, why don't you give us a rundown on the premise of this this bad boy? Hey, I would love to. Uh, a Quiet Place is a movie about a post-apocalyptic world where aliens have uh, fallen to Earth on the back of a meteor. These aliens are very, very particular about sound. So anything that they deem to be too loud, too loud, they cut down. They just straight kill it. Uh, so they have like conquered the planet and we are in a world where humans have had to adapt to this environment. And we follow the Abbott family. They're never named in the movie because the movie's like completely silent. Any dialogue, there's a little bit of dialogue at the end that's real dialogue, but it's mostly done in sign language. Uh, and we learn in the credits that they are the Abbott family. We follow them as uh, they have to confront some of these monsters uh, this movie, I'm, I, this is, we normally do all of our research ahead of time. This is where we're at. But this, of course, came out in 2018. <sighs> of course, yes. Of Heck course. Yes. I knew that the whole time. <laughs> yes. Uh, stars real-life couple John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And this, like, this is John Krasinski's baby. Uh, yeah. He got a script from Brian Woods and Scott Beck, and he... Uh, you know, he did a draft of it himself, and that's what he ended up directing. He is also the director of this movie. Also, secret role, we were talking about the whole time in this movie, he also played the the aliens. He did the motion <laughs> yeah. capture work for the aliens. The little crab dudes. The little crabby dude aliens. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a very small cast. It's Krasinski, Blunt, uh, Millicent Simmons, who's actually uh, from our home state of Utah, so shout out. Shout out there. Utah. Heck yeah. Uh, Noah Jupe. Everybody else is probably not even worth mentioning. I mean, you know, there's little baby boy what's-his-face, but who cares, right? Like, kid couldn't even make it to the majors. Why are we even talking about him? <laughs> the lesser Abbott. He was the weakest link. <laughs> he, was, he broke the chain. He doesn't get a mention. It's like, it's like that episode of Doctor Who where the weakest link is played, uh, where <laughs> the weakest link is killed at the end of every round. <laughs> it's like that, yeah. Heck yeah. That was all I had to say. I just wanted cool. to bring up Doctor Who. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm I glad like you did. And so kind of in the... Uh, sorry, I'm having a hard time finding words tonight. Uh, <laughs> to help us figure out if we could survive it, because we'll get to that at the end, is usually when we talk about uh, exactly yes or no if we could survive. So right now, we usually just kind of go over our general thoughts on the movie and rank it out of a scale of 13 in quality. And in spoopiness, as it is 
a spoopy yes, movie. Indeed. Uh, we will we will be uploading a video as well that's a more straightforward review. So this like the review session section of this video will just keep really really short. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, what? Uh, just maybe a few sentences or a few thoughts on what you guys thought in a in a good out of thirteen scale. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I would describe this movie as a lean, mean, scary machine. It's good at what it tries to do. It's incredibly well made. Uh, I would, I would give it a twelve out of thirteen. Me personally, I heck think, yeah. Nice. I think it's, uh, I think it's John Krasinski's best movie he's directed yet. But yeah. uh, you know, I haven't seen part two yet. But right, I, I think it deserves a, a lot of praise. I think it's spectacular. Right on. Yeah, I I feel like this movie is it's a lot of fun because it's something it's a premise that I haven't seen before. Now, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of movies out there, but I feel like this one in particular is really kind of cool because it's like in in a movie you're used to sound, you're used to people like having these deep dialogues and like having all these, you know, sort of uh monologues and stuff like that. But really, you know, it's it's much credit to to Krasinski as well as the actors to convey so much emotion without you know without uh making any you know sounds with their mouth or anything like that and it was really cool to see sign language like in a movie like I thought that was a really dope aspect of it so um I am going to give it um I will give it an 11 out of 13 I thought it was good all right it was a good time yeah um yeah, I, I agree all around. It's very simple in premise, but I think it really thrives off the simplicity there. I think we were kind of making jokes about how a lot of what's happening and maybe even some of the background things that are going on are never really even explained in the movie. It's literally just us kind of in the eyes of the characters living through. I don't even know if this takes place in like a couple of days, right? Or... I don't remember any big time jumps going on. So the biggest time jump happens from the cold open to right picking up with the characters later. So which I I mean there's a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode that we're going to get into spoilers. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm acting precious about this. <laughs> uh this movie starts with the death of a very young child. Yeah. Uh that happens what like 87 days in I think the credit says. Yeah. And oh. then it jumps forward like 100 days or something. So yeah. that's like the biggest time jump. And then mm-hmm. after that it's just yeah. just over the course of like 2 days a or few something. days. So yeah. Uh, it it definitely is isolated to this this moment and we really don't spend a whole lot of time outside of this in flashbacks or in anything it's it's really contained and i think that is really to the movie's benefit where you feel like you're in the here and now and every moment you're kind of with the characters and leaning in your seat with the characters um and so i thought it was very effective as well a very very just like luke said it was what it set out to be and it was very simply just really good i don't think it's it's you know the best horror movie i've ever seen um but i would give it um i'd give it a a 10 out of 13 i think it's really good got less impressed as we went down the line apparently (laughs) (laughs) each passing host just like very "Mm, actually you know i don't know give it like maybe a one maybe a two i don't know (laughs) This is pretty trash. What can I say? What can I say? John Krasinski, who? <laughs> but so, I mean, it, we we talk about the scary, there, yeah, like, yeah, out of the spoopiness. I, I, yeah, this this is not like 
this is a tense movie sure but as far as it being like i don't know we've talked about this before but this is like the exact kind of thing that really speaks to me about scary is just building up this feeling of like oh something's wrong something's going wrong something's going to happen um whether or not this movie like really pays off on that in every way is that yeah. questionable so yeah like on a on a scale of one to 13 i'd probably put this at like i don't know like a six or a seven it is it is like a well strong tension machine so like if you're involved in the movie you will feel tense but in terms of being like scared and like actively fearful during the course of the movie maybe not as much yeah so yeah six or seven for me i'll I'll go seven i'll go nice i'll (laughs) give it i'll go the higher end of that spectrum yeah there you go yeah, I would definitely agree. I think it's more just kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's definitely not like a hereditary where you're like, man, I got to not watch this for a couple of years. You know, this is <laughs> disturbing. I am quite frightened. But yeah, I w- out of 13, I will give it, I'll give it a, yeah, I'll match that. I'll give it a seven. I would say that that's a fair number for it, in my opinion. I think that's a really interesting, uh, you know, quandary to go around is is like what where does the the tenseness start and the scariness kind of lead into that because to me i feel like they're very hand in hand where in a scary movie um the tension is kind of what makes it scary but also i see how um if it's just tense and no payoff then can you really call it scary it's a tough decision because i feel like it is probably one of the most intense movies I've watched in theaters, like where you are so, like I said, in the here and now, and so uh, scared of what will happen next and fearful for the lives of these people, probably more than any movie I've seen. But I agree with Luke that it's not like the payoff or anything that actually happens matches the expectations. And when you're watching it, I don't even know if I feel like that's missing. Like, again, I think the movie was fine being what it did and not having a ton of jump scares. Like, I think that's yeah, a, that's a sure. good thing. So yeah. I don't, it's tough to know what to give it because I think it is really effective. So I'm, I'm aiming to go high with this. I, I, I would give it around, I think I'd give it a, an eight. So I'll just kind of walk up. It's not anything that's going to stay with you. You're not sure. going to be sitting in your room and being like, oh. <gasps> All out, and this thing's know. gonna like I can't talk anymore. I do have to say the nail going through the foot Ooh, when she steps yeah. out. Yeah, I, I'll be thinking of that going down yeah, the stairs. Yeah, whenever yeah, I see stairs, enough. it's like, uh, is there a nail in that bad boy? <laughs> well, and I love that I step up to the plate and I'm like, is there tension? Yeah, but is it scary? Hard to say. When I, I was telling the story that, uh, like, I, I went to see this movie. Uh, with a friend of mine and the whole time she's trying to talk to me and I'm like quiet keep it down you have to keep it down they're gonna hear you giant thing of popcorn (laughs) in my lap I don't need a kernel of it I'm I'm just like nah man nah I don't wanna I don't wanna risk it these characters uh, I ain't gonna be the reason these characters die (laughs) can't put that on me oh man just the imagery anyway So I'm acting all tough, but in theaters, uh, agreeing with Adam, this is one of the most intense theater experiences I've ever had. It's the most immersed I've ever been watching a movie in the theater, for sure. Heck yeah, that's dope. And hopefully the second movie will be a similar experience. 
this yeah. weekend. So looking yeah. forward. That was that was Lanson knocking on the wood for anybody who was wondering. No, just good vibes. That's so departing from the actual like um, reviewing part of this. Um, let's dive into the killers because usually in our podcast we talk about the killers we talk about the victims how both the decisions were made and then we can make a better assessment on how we would fare Um, but let's start with the aliens uh obviously there are some glaring strengths and some glaring weaknesses a little bit more black and white than maybe we've even dealt with in in killers before but let's kind of unpack that a little bit yeah, it's laid out so clearly. Yeah, which is which is lovely for us. It makes context. our job a lot easier. <laughs> I know they. Uh, I mean, indestructible <sighs> armor, so it's like hard <laughs> to penetrate any of that. So they got that. I mean, they got pretty incredible speed. They got those little sharp, uh, sharp arm crabby things that you know can slash somebody up pretty good. So they got a lot physically that's going for them. Yeah. Yeah, and clearly they seem to be like the superior beast. Like, we, like with a weapon like a shotgun or something, the characters do okay. But like, even John Krasinski, like taking a swing with an axe, it just like bats him away. Like, so like nothing. Yeah, clearly it has like a physical advantage. Um, I would say that like the trickiest thing about this whole thing, diving into. So acknowledging directly, they're like a plated creature. It's really hard to penetrate like the natural armor it's grown. Um, But if it's exposed to like sound waves that are intense enough, so certain frequencies at certain volumes, obviously they're very sensitive to sound. So the characters slowly figure out that if they make a, a sound with a certain frequency at a certain volume, it makes like its head plates like open up enough that you can shoot in and hit the soft yeah. stuff and actually kill it. That's yeah. how they that's like, the, out. yeah, that's like the big realization of the movie. Right. Um, so I would say like those strengths and weaknesses acknowledged straight up, which is like the big crux of the movie, which is mm-hmm. this plating and how do you get around it? Oh, you get around it through sound, uh, getting into more nuanced stuff. I would say, uh, to, you know, to get to that point where you're close enough to shoot it in the yeah. skull, that is truly difficult. Because these things operate in terms of they find a noise, they hunt it down as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. So, like, I think the thing we got to acknowledge straight up is that in order to kill one of these things, you got to somehow get close to it. And right. that's like... Like those things, like we don't like they're invisible, like in the forest for like most of the movie. You don't even see them until somebody makes a sound and they just from nowhere. And so I think like the idea of getting close enough to one to have the advantage is insanely unlikely. Um, I mean, I guess the best you could do is maybe like set a trap. So you set up like big old speaker with a microphone plugged into it and stuff and you get ready to blast that frequency at a really high volume. You rattle some cans or something, let the creatures come to you, whip out your trusty shotgun and bam, bam, bam. Uh, so like, but yeah, in terms of like getting close enough to want to do it any harm, I think that's our first major obstacle is getting anywhere near these things feels like a death sentence to me. Maybe I'm, and maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm off. But like, what? And you know, what do you yeah. guys think of this? But I feel like that's the first major obstacle is getting anywhere near one of these things. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's not like 
it's not like anybody is like scouting out these guys and like, okay, he's on the ridge. Let me just, you know, like they hide and they're very there elusive. There isn't an American sniper sequence. <laughs> there is no Chris Kyle. Oh, no. Just it's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta move. Bye bye, crab man. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, you bring up a very good point. I think yeah, that's that's the tricky part, right? It would definitely like first of all, you kind of have to be in a defensive way because you can't go to them. They have to come to you. Yeah. And that has, you know, geez, that's its own problems. You don't, I mean, you can't always see where they're coming from and they're very, very fast. So, you know, um, yeah. So you, I guess you would definitely have to, and maybe this is getting into later on in the podcast, but you definitely have to make sure like if they were coming at you that like there was only one way of access and that you had a very, very familiarity with the entrance to where the the creatures are coming into but yeah i mean i yeah i don't really see just to sum it up you know i don't really see there being any like you being on the offensive or doing any long range sort of attacking so it kind of limits your options pretty pretty quick absolutely and it's uh oh what was my train of thought there Adam's busy thinking about rockets. He's just <laughs> really lost Whoa. in the world today. Wow. <clears throat> Rocket. Thank oh, you. yeah. Sorry. I remember now. <laughs> After all this talk of rockets, I remember. I remember everything. You obviously don't see anything in this movie about how these things wiped out civilization. Yeah. But I think what is cool about these monsters and speaks a lot to their strengths is it's not a stretch to imagine that they did. You know, right. you watch yeah. them and you're like, those things could cause a lot of havoc to a lot of people really, right. really quickly. Yeah. And so I would imagine that things just went to shit so quickly, like, you know, overnight, just a lot of people die. Yeah. And yeah. I think in this movie, we see these creatures deal with a world where there's not a lot of humans there's some you see the the, yeah. the fires or the lights mm-hmm. on the on the hillside whatever so you know where there's people but the population is obviously so diminished to where we see it in a personal sense where it's just but i don't know it, if we're dealing with these things in a city where everyone's running around like a bunch of ants like that's also another thing where yeah. i don't know it's it's also dependent on where you're at and what your surroundings are so Damn. I think there's a lot of factors, and in most factors, these things come out on top as the things that will just mark you. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> quickly learning that I just happened to know a lot of behind-the-scenes things about this movie just yeah. offhand because I did not a lot of research. I remember when the movie came out that John Krasinski was saying in like interview after interview that he – he knew that this had to be a unique take on the alien invasion drama. Right. right. Because he's like, I, you know, like he, you picture kind of the average thing, like independence day is a good one where it's yeah. like, it's like a president at the desk. And he's like, what are we going to do about these goddamn aliens? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I wanted to like skip past that. I wanted to be like, the president doesn't even have the chance to like gather up a cabinet for a meeting. Like yeah. he, he's dead before he even like gets three of them in a room together. Right. right. And I do think, to its credit, like, I don't think I would be as interested in this movie if they spent a lot of time detailing 
detailing like the destruction and detailing the decline of humanity i think it's much stronger that it starts even like at the very beginning we see it's like 90 days or something after the aliens arrive and Mm -hmm. basically everything's already kind of like decimated right it happened that quickly and i think that that just makes a stronger movie and again speaking to what uh, lanson brought up which is just the originality of this movie it's it's great to have a movie like this where you don't see aliens show up. It's not detailing how they <laughs> came into power. Mm-hmm. It's just stating as like a fact of life. Like, yeah, they're here and they'll kill you. Yeah. So I, I guess I, that was more movie criticism <laughs> than it was anything about the creatures themselves. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think another thing to factor is we're, it's really like poorly defined how many of these aliens there are. Right. Yeah. Um, all we get in this movie is that the area they live in has three. That's right. the most detail we're ever given. Um, we have no idea how many showed up <laughs> to like, yeah, destroy the yeah, earth total. Um, just three. And you know, I, I yeah. So it's like, Sheer numbers could get you, I think, especially oh, geez, with how quick yeah. and how powerful these things are. Yeah, if there's a pack of them, there's just <laughs> there's yeah. no way. Good you're luck. Out of that alive. I know, right? And I and I do genuinely back like back to my point earlier. Like, if you were to set a trap where like as soon as they're like within like within a good amount of distance, you just start blasting your stereo with that frequency or whatever maybe you could take on a pack like right because that would kind of have some mass yeah effect um because obviously like sound waves disperse equally (laughs) so it wouldn't be like one guy's really one of these dudes is just like shaking in the knees and the other guy's like oh i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah that guy took the brunt of it it's cool (laughs) (laughs) we're good so like yeah I, i mean in turn yeah in terms of like how you could take these things down it's not a lot of ways yeah i was gonna ask like i mean there's the obvious there's that certain frequency at a certain you know at that certain um i almost said temperature but that certain volume and then you've got temperature the, would probably affect it too anything you gotta get them sweating yeah maybe <laughs> gotta get them sweating under that armor so they just lift it up <laughs> just take it off oh, just air it out <laughs> wow oh you tricked me <laughs> that's the big reveal of a quiet place too is that the armor is fully removable and just whenever they get hot they these alien creatures are like oh let me just take off this old helmet <laughs> that would be interesting uh are there just just in, throughout the movie do we see any other weaknesses or any times or any things that any any vulnerabilities other than that like is is there anything else not so much in the attacking department if you're trying to like escape an area there's plenty of that where it's like okay make a loud sound over here and then i'll just make my exit over here but like as far as fighting one of these things it's just kind of you know there's no other way at least presented in the movie you know yeah, I, and I mean, in fairness, we're we're more told about the armor than shown. Sure. It's in a lot of, like, newspaper clippings, and uh, Lee, John Krasinski's character, like, writes about it on his whiteboards or whatever. So we personally don't have any frame of reference for how tough this armor is. Yeah. Um, 
But like that seems to be kind of just a catch all for everything, right? Like yeah. I have a hard time believing that the US military didn't try everything we had against right. those creatures. They just unfortunately didn't put two and two together about the sound, I guess. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I kinda mentioned this during the movie, but I guess and, and this is like real risky, but like the inside of its mouth was soft because yeah. we we saw that pretty clearly. So right. I guess if you got close enough to one to just friggin' put a shotgun muzzle in its <laughs> mouth and pull the trigger. Yeah. That could work, but again, the idea of getting close enough to do that the, is pretty. The speed that that would take and the precision, pretty, pretty dubious. Yeah. Not yeah. to mention these things, like it's it's ambiguous as to whether or not they feast on human flesh. Yeah. Uh, they definitely don't kill with their mouths. Yeah. They attack with their gangly spider crab limbs that slice and dice people up, and if they eat, they do it afterwards. So the yeah. idea that like. If you got one coming at you full speed, maybe if it was going to use its mouth to attack you, you'd have a second to just, but yeah. I, I, I don't think you're going to get a good enough shot into the mouth before it just friggin' like slices you in half or whatever sure. they do True. in the movie. Yeah. So I guess you could point that out without the sound. You could just aim for the mouth, and maybe that would turn out okay. But maybe. yeah, conceptually, that's just a that's just a lot. <laughs> I don't know that you'd be able to swing it. I think uh, I I absolutely agree. I feel like the mouth is a vulnerability. Anything under the armor when it flexes that, um, and I think also a vulnerability is the fact that just the scenes where they're by the waterfall and the river, if there are louder sounds, then you're good. Like, yeah. I, th I think their hearing is super sensitive, but the fact that that's kind of a thing where, you know, you can be drowned out to where you can go to places they just will never hear you, no matter how loud you are, because there's louder things. Um, that's not really a weakness when it comes to like hand to hand. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. You're not, you're not going to be able to best these creatures under the best of circumstances and those things. But I think where their weaknesses are is if you did what this family tried to do and just live right. away from them, right. evade them at all costs, which I think is probably the strat. I mean, sure. we're not going to get to that yet, but, yeah. uh, so just like go live by the waterfall or, or something. I, I think that is a weakness that, uh, that would be easy to take advantage of. Again, doesn't really like kill them, but, yeah, but it is something that's a way to survive. For it's sure. a way to survive. It is interesting that the creatures, to point to something else to consider as we're approaching this, yeah. it seems that the creatures are fully able to determine what noises are man made. Well, let me rephrase what noises can be stopped and which noises they just have to avoid, right? Because, like, the waterfall, apparently they just don't go anywhere near the waterfall because they know we can't stop that noise. Right. Yeah. But then also if they hear, like, some raccoons, like, wandering around in a cornfield, they track them down and they kill them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, or even towards the end, like, it somehow hears, like, the monitors in his office and it, like, goes down there to destroy the monitors. Mm -hmm. um, it So somehow these creatures have an innate sense of, like, 
So if you're trying to be like a smart aleck, smart aleck out there and you're like, yeah, I set up a, a speaker system and I play The Offspring 24-7, just speakers all around my house blasting music in every direction, that they'll never come near me. They seem to have a sense of what they can stop. So like, yeah. you can't really circumvent it like that. It has to be like a naturally occurring loud noise that would never go away, like a running river or like a waterfall. Right. I'm not sure how many other examples of that you would have. Yeah, that'd be tough. And I think it's anything they can't destroy, as yeah. your point is. is like maybe when they first came down, they went ape shit on a waterfall. And we're like, <laughs> get out of here. And then they're like, oh, wait. For days can't. and days. And then they just like clicked at each other like, I don't think we're winning this one. <laughs> this is a war that we can't win. You I mean, win today, waterfall. We, we just give this waterfall a wide berth. We just stay away. <laughs> so maybe Even it is. Even on the random days where it seems to be screaming. <laughs> oh. That's nah, probably fine. The waterfall again. Oh no, it's taunting us. It's okay, George. Don't worry about it. So yeah, I think it's it would be really impossible to find something that would have a consistent louder sound that they can't actually destroy. Yeah, that isn't something like that. So yeah, that's a good point too. Are there any other thoughts on the strengths or weaknesses of the creatures as seen in the movie that uh, you think are worth? bringing up in this context i mean yeah i mean like they're pure animal instinct so that's one thing to keep in mind as we're formulating plans for survival is they're not dumb but they're they're clearly not like intelligent predators designed yeah yeah their only it's not like their only purpose is to hunt humans humans can very much live in this world just fine yeah like it seems like genuinely their whole deal is just they want the quietest world possible. They got real sensitive ears and they want to be left alone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, worth pointing out that, you know, they're very animalistic. It's it's not like you're trying to trying to outsmart some kind of like super genius or something, which is sure. nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like the intelligent aliens that come down with their language and <laughs> know, like right? their arrival sort of thing. Yeah. Where you're like, what are they saying? What, what the do they what? know? <laughs> What happened to Amy Adams' daughter? <laughs> Give me answers. Tell me. I want you to find that man. Why is Jeremy Renner here? <laughs> He's not doing anything. <laughs> so that I think that is a very good point. They're animalistic. They're just acting on yeah. fight or flight, pain and pleasure instincts like any any animal would. Pure instinct, baby. Unfortunately, they're just so impenetrable that doesn't help a ton. <laughs> but at least they're not. If they were like strategic about killing the humans, it right. would be a twenty-four hour it. job. That's it. Yeah. So that is that is a good thing. So let's uh, let's step away from the killers. These the do these have a name, Luke? Do you know in your research? Did, does did John give them a name? I don't know that he did not. Uh, not that I recall, okay. if, if nothing else. Not not that I remember. So the crab boys, the, the crab boys, we'll the, the demi gorgons. Call them the crab boys. <laughs> demi gorgon. Demi gorgon. Let's Some let's fantastic <laughs> art here. By the way, we did not draw this. No, we very none much of us did not are, draw this. Are uh, artistic enough? This is a gift from our friend Sarah Bills. She drew that for us. Sarah hundred dollar bills. Sarah hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Lanson's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Hey, hey, I don't know. Maybe they can't know that. That can't be public record. <laughs> I am married to a woman named Sarah Bills. It's not true. Adam's gonna go through this himself and bleep everything out. <laughs> beep, beep. He won't cut it out of the podcast. You'll still see it. 
he's just gonna bleep it. He's so just, just gonna like, yeah bleep everything I say and then just put one of those pixelated things over my face the entire episode. You <laughs> <laughs> must not be named. Lanson was Big Brother this whole time. <laughs> oh no. Let's talk about the victim. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So again, in order for us to know whether or not we could survive, we want to. We need to measure up the people who did or did not in the movie. Yeah. What mistakes were made? Let's start with I, the strengths. I think is a good place. Like what? What did they have going? For I hundred percent thought you were going to be like. Let's start with the five year old child. Uh, <laughs> what were his weaknesses? Come on, let's bro. Let's start with Rocket Man being an idiot. Um, <laughs> The amount of slander we put towards a, a young child <laughs> during know, the right? course of this movie. I regret nothing. No, no. It's <laughs> a tough world out there. It. <laughs> so what did they have going for them? What what were their strengths? Yeah, I think they made I think they made a lot of good plans and their heads were in the right space of like trying to like you said, if you can't fight them, just try to avoid the aliens and try to live a, a somewhat decent life with your family. Um I feel like in preparation for the mom who's pregnant and going to be having a baby, they tried their best given the circumstance of like, you know, let's make sure that we, you know, since these um, since these creatures are attracted to sound, let's try to make a louder sound when she's delivering the baby, you know, because obviously that's a super painful experience and you want to have the creatures out in, in another place while that's going on. Um, I feel like them communicating when with the lights turning red uh, around their house and being like, hey, it's time to deliver the baby. Like, everybody get into position. So overall, I feel like they had their headspace was in the right place and they were trying to do the best that they could with the situation that they had. But, you know, just like anything in life, like even the best laid plans go awry. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my takes. Yeah, I mean, there's a version of this movie where Emily Blunt doesn't step on a nail and everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, hair in my mouth. Jeez. I'll cut that. I'm not going to cut it. Keep it in. Keep the struggle. It's real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think just... I, I will point out that they have an advantage going into it, which is um, their daughter, who I do not know the character's name, uh, Millicent Simmons is the name of the actress, uh, she is she is deaf, so yeah. they happen to know American Sign Language. They happen to have that already. They have effective communication. Even, uh, you know, Little uh, little League, whatever his freaking name was, <laughs> Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Even, even Rocket Man, like, spoke sign language well enough that he could go nonverbal when, when they needed him to. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't go no rocket ship when they needed him to. <laughs> uh, Can't could, be everything. Couldn't make it to the next level. <laughs> He's like, look, either I talk or I have a rocket ship. You guys... <laughs> you choose. You got a choice here. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I do think... I mean, there's a lot going on here. Like, I think yeah. John Krasinski is supposed to be just like a farmer, but also... Yeah he's smart enough to have like hacked all this technology in his basement. He's building a cochlear implant for his daughter. Yeah. Like we have to give him some serious props in some areas that they have advantages that we don't. I mean, yeah. even Emily Blunt character I, I read somewhere was supposedly a nurse before the aliens arrived. So she has special, like she's been able to prepare herself to have this baby. Um, so they're smart. They they problem solve in a way that I appreciate. I I'm a problem solver, so I think some areas I'd be able to be like, yeah, I could do that. Like 
like the fireworks to cover up like my wife giving birth. Maybe I could think of that. I, I think problem solving wise, I could probably put something like that together. Yeah. Even something like the red lights to indicate, hey, something's wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff where I feel like we got to give them we got to give a tip of the hat that they had certain advantages that we as average Joes do not. I mean, the extent of my sign language is I can say, do you know sign language? Thank you. And what? Yeah. (laughs) That's about as good as it gets for me. So like, (laughs) uh, communicating effectively in this world, I'm already like stumbling at a major hurdle. It's very true. So I think the, that's, those are all very good points. I think they, were very well equipped just almost like a a luck thing to have these skills before like luke said and there's a lot of decisions i think they made throughout the show that were very um very smart i think the was it sand they were putting on the ground or yeah that to to mask their footsteps was a very smart idea to so they can get into town and back and around their yard um so i think those little things that just that that would be so easy to screw up um, <laughs> if you just like were quiet, but you were just winging it. Of, yeah. Even the thing of they, they put paint on the floorboards that don't that, creak. Right. right. So you would know where to step so that the floorboards don't creak. Yeah. I would like nail day one, keep totally quiet, have a peaceful night's sleep, wake up first thing in the morning, go to pee, step on a creaky floorboard and get chopped in right. half. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what Lanson said where, or I actually don't remember which one. I, no, it was Luke where you were like, if she just didn't step on the nail, that was you, right? Yeah. 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 That That's such an interesting fact for me that like, yeah, they, they were pretty well set up and, and they had that quiet room with with they they try to make it all soundproof as possible with the mattresses and and it worked and which it was crazy it worked yeah. for a second and then it was breached but you know like it's I think they had everything set up but in this world there's just so many things that could go wrong even right. when you're so prepared the, with all this being said I mean what what were the things either decisions that they made or maybe things that uh, that were kind of a luck thing that happened to them. What what were the weaknesses in the victims? Yeah, I think uh, I think the number one weakness, and this is just you know a fact of life. You know, when you're dealing with the kids, when you're dealing with children, <laughs> it's not going to be the same as like yeah. when you're dealing with an adult. Like you know, because kids, you know, you they don't know any better. They're like learning and growing and trying to figure it out. So. Definitely, that's yeah, that's a very hard thing as parents to be like, okay, this is the plan. This is what we have to do. This is what we have to keep to. When you know, um, that isn't always what kids want to do. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think them being a family, because I'd imagine a world where you're by yourself and it's just you, probably you might go insane. It might not be very good for you mentally but a lot of these things would be a lot easier to traverse not really needing to communicate not needing to to keep your kids busy so that they don't you know go crazy and so that just on its own the fact that they're a family is is a super detriment i think even though it's nice family they'll kill you (laughs) (laughs) you think you're ready for the apocalypse you're not any video editors out there do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. 
Yeah. But yeah. So that's definitely, yeah, I can see that. I think decision-wise, I'm going through all the decisions that uh, that they made. And honestly, I don't know. I feel like they were all pretty good. Like they all, like we said, they did things that, that you know, should have worked. And there were just yeah. some chinks in the armor that nobody could have really comprehended but they seem to be as prepared to the teeth as you could be yeah um yeah <laughs> i don't know i i think the decisions were pretty sound all throughout i think is especially at the end just his self-sacrifice to save his kids was kind of the only option there like i, yeah. I couldn't think of anything else to to help with that that, and I even think them eventually figuring out the weakness wasn't like... I think there was a couple times where she could tell that it was affecting the creatures, but then there was that one time in the truck where she just turned it off because it was too loud, which I thought was interesting because, I don't know, it seemed like she knew, so maybe that was one thing where she could have put two and two together a little bit sooner that her that her earpiece was something that affected them and would have saved John Krasinski a little bit, but I don't know. That's the only thing I can really think of. Are there any other weaknesses you guys can, can can come up with for these guys? Uh, You know, they don't have to have a baby. Yeah. Fun fact, people out in the world, you don't have to have children. As a matter of fact, there's a large number of you. I would really like it if you didn't have children. I don't have time to wow. name. I don't have time to go through all of you. <laughs> yeah, you just got real. I don't know. People. I don't have time to go through all of you by name. But there are people in my life that I occasionally look at, and I go, "I really hope you don't propagate anything. I hope, I hope your family line ends with you." Uh, so, video editors, do your thing. Video editors, do your thing. Uh, well, this is interesting because I was thinking about this too while I was talking, but I was like, before I say this, I probably should think this out. So, the math. How long, when she's having the baby, has it been since the first attack? Like, has it been over nine months then? Like, did they, you know? Um, Probably, I'd imagine. I think so. Before? Or? Yeah, let me, like, here, let me let me dive into this a little. It's like day 89, and then it goes to day 400-something. Oh. So 400 something. I missed that. I did yeah. miss that. It was so. 400 and something, then, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, for sure. That, they yeah. were a little irresponsible <laughs> you know, at the wrong time. guys. <laughs> 473. 473. A little bird just flew in to tell us. God, is that you? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. God is a woman. I I kind of knew it. Honestly. Yeah. Everybody everybody knew that. 473. So yeah, like so definitely a bad decision. Yeah. (laughs) So so it wasn't like she was already pregnant when this started going down. They had time to be like, "Mm, you know what we should do about our dead son? Have another. Let's just replace him. Yeah. He gets the old one's room. Hope you like rockets. <laughs> so that's honestly probably the biggest yeah. weakness. And not that that was their demise, but I don't know. It certainly complicates things. Definitely complicated things. Yeah. Definitely would have been simpler if they're like, you know, three's good. Oh, oh never mind. Two's good. <laughs> two's good. We still have one boy. That's good enough. Yeah. yeah one boy, one, one girl. Let's keep it nice and balanced here. <laughs> I, do, I do think um, 
And I feel like this is alluded to with John Krasinski's character a little, but never outright said. Mm-hmm. I think part of why he's so protective of his daughter is like because she's deaf in a world where sound is the most important thing. I I personally saw some risk there. I seem to be the only person who has this opinion about this movie, but if she made a sound, she wouldn't know it. She yeah, can't hear that's that. That's the truth, yeah. So if she's even just walking out in the woods with him and accidentally like knocks over a log or something like she has no idea, she has no idea that happened. We were joking around, but there's the scene where she lays down the rocket ship at her brother's grave. If she had clipped the wrong wire and it was fully making noise, she wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be like, what a a nice moment. She'd be like having a nice moment with her brother. And then suddenly she'd be with her brother. uh, (laughs) uh, Hell no. It's heaven. Heaven. He's a little boy. Hey. (laughs) We're getting spicy. (laughs) Man. Uh, Video uh, editors. Video editors. Do your thing. Do your thing. (laughs) <laughs> so if I point okay it's only on my camera when I point I just was worried for a second that it was going to be in your camera too <coughs> excuse me yeah get your finger out of my camera get out of there please no I don't uh. I'm, I'm, I'm accidentally revealing to the audience where I'm sitting they had no idea until now I found you <laughs> found you I can smell you tracked you down like a couple of rubbish pigs <laughs> the crabby boys are the in crabby, town <laughs> crabby boys are searching for their rubbish piglets surf and turf <laughs> Oh boy! But <laughs> yeah, pancake rubbish pig. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little nest quick. Yeah, yeah. Do you so like anyway. this audience? <laughs> okay, so. sorry. This is why they clicked. Ooh. Hey, it's like one in the morning. Okay, goodness, we're good. We're good. So to summarize all that, I I absolutely agree that the the deafness of the girl was in many ways a strength because they knew the, oh, the sign sure. language. And also the the things she was doing to to yeah, remedy it implant, were yeah. the things that ended up being the 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 attack on the on the creatures. Right. But for her, uh, it would be really tough to know if you're making noise, and that is definitely a weakness in this world, and yeah. probably a weakness for your family. Yeah. So that is a valid point. And it's my opinion that that's why John Krasinski is kind of weird and protective towards his daughter. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't the, the, outright say, but yeah, I think the that's movie fair. the movie never really answers that question. She's just like, my dad hates me, so I hate him. Yeah, he clearly hates you. That's why he yeah. spends hours of his life learning how to make a cochlear implant by hand. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that's nothing funny. says hatred like that. <laughs> and you know, I sorry, I know parts of this conversation could easily be abled as abled labeled as ableist. I'm really trying. I and I it's really not my intention. It's really late and I probably shouldn't be making this comment. But uh, <laughs> but I think genuinely in the context of this world that is something to consider and I think that's a lot of what's going on with John Krasinski's character and why he's so protective of his daughter. Yeah. That being said, like it's it's like Adam says, like the fact that they survived the movie ends up being due to her. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. Uh you know, I and I think in some ways he he towards the end even knew that she knew that he was wrong. She's very capable. She's very smart. Yeah, and she does a pretty darn good job without him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Frankly, when he shows up to save her, the only person that dies is him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like another comment. Yeah, if the kids hadn't met up with the dad, maybe would have been okay. 
because the only reason the kids are in jeopardy is because freaking John Krasinski gets sideswiped by one of those things. Yeah. And then the little boy is stupidly like, Dad! Dad, no! Which, not to be like cold-hearted, but if that was my dad, I'd be like, sucks to be you, Dad, but I'm a stone silent killer today. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet coyote. And to me, that was... That, that I kind of forgot about that part, so I, I'm glad you brought it up again. Not to be cold-hearted, because they're kids, but oh, I sure. mean, we're making fun of the, the rocket ship kids, so we can make fun <laughs> of the other kid. We're pulling no punches tonight. He was so scared to even talk by the waterfall, and, and it seemed like and his facial expressions, just everything about this kid showed how scared he was of the world and how timid he was to make any sound. And so the fact that he yelled out at the end was kind of weird to me yeah. and uh yeah also f- full criticize full criticism of this moment in the movie i didn't i didn't process it until watching it this time mm-hmm. how on earth does that thing know that john krasinski's there to swipe at him yeah he right. is He's dead silent yeah. dead silent through the whole scene by the way earlier in this scene he's in the cornfield the thing runs past him has no idea he, that he's there yeah. yeah somehow while he's being stone silent it knows that he's there and friggin' like, like true. Yeah. He should have been fine. Sure. That, that chain of events that leads to his death is a little, little hinky. Yeah. Little hinky. Little hinky. Very emotional. Very emotional. Makes me cry every time I watch it. It's beautiful. It's great filmmaking. It's great storytelling. Yeah. But do I believe that that is the outcome? Like that, that outcome was inevitable on this watch through. I don't know that I did. Sure. That's fair. That's so, a very fair assessment. That's what I will say about it. So I think we've Man. we've done a good job assessing the victims. And this is a really interesting movie where the victims and the killers are just so capable and so incredibly smart. Yeah. But the killers are just, you know, they were just dealt a better hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just evolutionarily, they're just they're just the, the better. <laughs> They can literally ride a meteor to Earth. Can yeah. you do that? They're just when was the last time you rode a meteor, Adam? It's It's been a while. It's been a minute. Since the 90s, it's probably. It's been a while. Sorry. Been a while. <laughs> so now is part Don't of the show. Miss a thing. <laughs> okay. it, uh, that the, the title of the show uh, is, is alluding to, which is where we say once and for all, could we survive this movie and how would we survive this movie so we uh if this is your first time watching the show figure it out in a final boy status and a final girl status uh alluding to the cliche of slasher movies where there's the final girl at the end who survives by the skin of her teeth and the final boy who survived most of the movie but then tragically dies um at near the end so uh what do you guys think do you think you could achieve at least Final boy status. It's a good question. Mm, thank you. Um, it is the question. <laughs> it's written on this piece of paper for me. Is it really? Whoa. Yeah. Hey. Check that out. But I'll take credit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. For me personally, what I what I will say is this. It, it depends on how we qualify final boy. If we say final boy doesn't die in the immediate onslaught of earth is smart enough to survive for like a few months or something, but then has an unfortunate accident and dies. Like John Krasinski is probably a good format for the final Mm -hmm. boy in this movie in that they've done a good job surviving, but just 
set of circumstances turned really sour and he didn't make it out. Yeah. I, I, I think I could get there. I don't think I'd be someone who dies immediately. I think, look, I don't leave my apartment in the first place. I'm not going to be like downtown getting friggin' <laughs> mugged by these things in a back alley. Like I'm going to keep to myself for a bit long enough to figure out like, hey, they react to sound and learn to be kind of quiet in my life. So I, I think I would last a bit. Um but I do have a lot of trouble believing that somehow I would be the one who discovers their weakness. Right. First of all, I don't even own a gun. I'd be like, <sighs> I don't know. I'd be like, I hope you choke on me, bitch. I think that's about the extent of my rebellion <laughs> against these guys. Sure. So I'm going to give myself final boy status, and I'm sorry to jump the gun. But, hey, but you're I'm good. I'm not going to give myself final they're, girl they're status. They're kind of lumped together. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah, I'm going to say not a total dum-dum. I, I got a little bit of survival time mm. in me, but it's it's borrowed time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question, man. Um, You know what? I feel like I keep to myself enough that uh, – you know, the world's ending. I'd just be like, oh, no, my life changes. Maybe a couple points here and there. Whoa. You mean I can't talk to people or see people? Oh, how am I going to manage? Wow. Like a dream come true I'm like, you. this is what, what you guys don't realize is Lance and Lappin has been locked in a closet for three days. Yeah, Nobody bro. put him there. He just went in. And I did it myself. I was just like, yeah, all right. We haven't seen him in days. Goodbye, cruel world, for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> then they were like, "Hey, we got the podcast." Okay, okay. Oh, I, I can come out of that. My public awaits. So <laughs> might as well. My audience. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I can make it to final boy status. You know, you kind of. I feel like if they put it in the paper and I'm in my apartment, I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, cool." Like they react to sound, so I will just be more silent than you I already what? am. You know what? In the modern era, you don't even need to wait to read it in the paper. That's true. Somebody's going to tweet yep. about it three seconds after figuring it out. Bro, they react to sound. Slash. Um, Man, I'm so glad I... <laughs> Good thing I followed Elon Musk on Twitter. Hooray. <laughs> We're going to Mars, bro. <laughs> you know what? There you go. Maybe I'll just be on Mars, so I won't even have to worry about that. Anyway. Yeah, that's meteors a... don't go to Mars. That's a good point. It's fine. They don't... They break up in the atmosphere. Yeah, it's yeah, weird, yeah. and it's red, and it's just, right. it's, it's just not different. Earth. It's they different. wouldn't come there. So anyway, but that's a, a, a different answer for a different day. But yeah, final girl status, I don't think I'm going to make it. But I think I would have a fail-safe of just like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I just pull the pin on a grenade. They're coming up, and I'm just like, here it goes. Either I blow up or I blow you up. So just huck it at the mouth. See what happens. Ah, the saving Private Ryan method. Yes, the saving of the Ryan. Uh, yeah. Yep. That. Yep. 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 The yep. longest day. Well said. Well said. That's good. I would not survive this movie. Uh, either final boy or final girl status. Adam. Which I usually say... Adam, don't do this. <laughs> ...with most movies, because I don't believe in myself. Don't but this, this movie especially. <laughs> because I am a loud person. And even if I was trying my hardest and being careful about every move, I get allergies really bad. 
and I sneeze really loud, and there's no stopping those guys. It's like it's like a foghorn in the cool night. It's it's eruptive. Oh, man. There's no way I'm surviving more than 24 hours in this world. I'm I'm quite dead. I think I would get far enough. Just the randomness of there's so many people making so much sound that I will be making sound. But there's so many more people to feast on that they're quick. But but I think I would survive a little while. But definitely not final boy status or final girl status. Oh, we got a camera out. One of our ah, cameras lost the camera. went out. So That's a sign that we got to rip it's it. It's time to go. So we, we gave our, our verdicts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we got some plugs. Yeah, I, I mean, first and foremost, since I'm the one on camera, I will deliver yeah, you this just, pretty, you just give it to us. pretty directly. First and foremost, we're doing these episodes special just for funsies because uh, because A Quiet Place 2 is going to be out in theaters. But season two of Final Boy status begins in earnest, we can say now, July 16th, 2021. So please, to, please, really please join us. We have so many episodes planned for you guys. We've already done a few. It's been really fun. Uh, we're planning some other stuff as well. Uh, it's it's just going to be a good time. I guess I, I guess since this is going to come out tomorrow, I can take advantage of something that I couldn't take advantage of in the last episode we <laughs> we did. Uh, but I, I am directing a play. It's called Keystone. It's going to be at the On Pitch Performing Arts Center this July. Uh, it's it's really good. It's a story about a father and son. Uh, very worth your time. I would ask you to come check that out if you feel so inclined. Wherever you are in the world, just just make Fly your way. Fly out here. Yeah. Yep. Fly yeah. out here. It'd you'll be worth meet, it. You'll meet me personally. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. What What about you, gentlemen? Uh, As always, keep watching the show. Please. Yeah, we, uh, we love it. We love you guys. Final boy status. <clears throat> Rock and roll. We're going to end it there. Bye, guys. This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and final boy status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehouter. Theme music was written by Rachel Robinson. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobinsonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Luke Howder and Lewis Conrad. This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.